immensely. Take your Bibles, turn to two passages with me this morning, if you would please. The first one is in Psalm 131, and the second in 1 Samuel chapter 7. Psalm 131 and 1 Samuel and chapter number 7. I want to draw your attention to two different words in one word in Psalm 131 and one word in 1 Samuel 7 and in the, it's in the 12th verse we'll come to. We're going to begin in 1 Samuel and then we'll uh, uh, hold your place there in Psalm 131. We'll begin in 1 Samuel and uh, chapter 7 and then we'll Jump over to Psalm 131. Would you please uh, stand with me out of respect for the Word of God and um, read with me? I'm going to begin uh, reading for you uh, in uh, verse uh, number 7. And I'm just going to ask you to follow along with me. And then when we get to verse number 12, we'll pause. And uh, I will ask you to join me on that 12th verse. So follow with me. I'm in 1 Samuel 7. And verse 7. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Choose, cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel, the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. What we have there is yet another example of God's miraculous. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them unto Bethkar. And reading together, verse Number 12. Ready? Took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and helped us. Now you may have uh, a reference edition of the Bible that gives an explanation to the word Ebenezer uh, in the, of help. And he uh, raises up this stone. It be like a memorial or something like that uh, today. And he raised this up as uh, once to the fact that at this place, at this time, there had been a great deliverance. Now, the Bible doesn't give us the details, but uh, God does. And the, Is- uh, the Philistines, the Israelites' enemies, were discomfited. And the Israelites chased them down and won a great victory. And so, Session sets up a stone in verse 12, and he calls it the Ebenezer Stone, saying, Hitherto. Now, I want you to notice, notice that verse, that word, excuse me. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Now, we don't use the word hitherto much anymore, but uh, it just means to this time. Or we might say, you know, in other words, it's good up to this point, and that's the word hitherto, his people. Now, go with me to Psalm 133, if you would. Psalm 3, verse 1 and 2, and have you join me on the text verse. verse. David writes here and says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes, do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Surely I have, all is even, 
as a weaned child. Together, verse 3. Let Israel, let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth. From now, notice in verse 3 is the word henceforth. So we have the nation of Israel setting up. Hitherto, God has helped us. Henceforth, he will continue to be our hope. The God of hitherto is God of henceforth. Is the God of henceforth. Heavenly Father, it's a special day today. I'm so grateful that you allowed Mrs. Shook and I to come 27 years ago, divinely orchestrated by your Holy Spirit, and brought us this place of service. Such a great honor through these years. And you've led us, you've taken care of that. Thou, God, who has led us this far. Lord, you're not just a God of good memories, but you're a God of hope for the future. Amen. Thank you. And you may be seated. Miss Charity and Miss Holly and Brother Andrews, when they were still younger, their father was taken unexpectedly without their dad. Their mom, Miss Kathy, just loves the Lord and very played and made a commitment to help with those three children. And Andrew and Charity, what it was to grieve and to lose their father. And now here they are again. Their second day. Loved the Lord and a faithful Christian. And God called him home. But this dear family is learning by experience today is the God who will help them. Hence, I was actually in a staff meeting when my brother-in-law called and had a missed call and again. And um, I could tell immediately by the tone he told me that their little girl, Julia, by C-section, stillborn that evening in just a few hours. 1997. And uh, Abigail was born in January, and she heart murmur that concerned him, and he recommended we take her up to Baptist Hospital. Doctors looked at her, and it was determined that she had a, uh, a, a couple holes in her heart, pulmonary stenosis, and it was recommended heart surgery. And after several appointments, that turned into we need heart surgery as soon as possible. And so, uh, at not yet three months of age, she was taken to Baptist Hospital and had open heart surgery. She lived uh, 28 days or 20, 23 days in the hospital. And then the Lord took her home. And it was a roller coaster ride, and God was so good to us and so gracious to us. And uh, the church family rallied around us and prayed for us and prayed with us. And we were during that time to have a circle of friends around us praying for us and God's people helping us. And um, But she died in the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday. That morning she had been on uh, a, a machine, same machine, and that was still somewhat new at that time. And... Uh, she had, it takes the blood out of your body, oxygenates it, puts it back in your body, and she lived on that machine longer than, uh, I'm not sure if it was longer than anybody had ever been on it, but it had been longer, I think, at that time than anybody had been on it. And 
she could not stay on indefinitely, and so we saw some hope of improvement, and the decision was made, uh, and uh, her heart, we prayed, would pump on its own. And so that morning, Saturday morning, some men, Brother uh, Daryl Cox and Rick Finley, and so the morning, and from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., we prayed together. And we begged the Lord, ask her thinking, we want uh, her to be healed. And those men prayed with me in, in the little little cubicle right there in the Pediatric Intensive Care Baptist Hospital. And we closed that prayer meeting, and I prayed last there at the end. I just said, I know your ways are perfect. And we want you to know we trust you and we love you no matter what happens. They took her off the machine, and we were very hopeful, but then her stats began to go down in mid-afternoon. Hallelujah. My little sister was 15. Uh, the, the, our baby's chest was open, Abigail's chest was open, and she had breathing tubes and oh, many, many tubes, more than a, two dozen. And so we were just after up for us. And we were invited back in and got to go in that little side room. And for several hours, we were able to stay and hold her. We had surgery. And so for those more than three weeks, we hadn't been able to hold her. So we had our families were there. And uh, my little sister was there. We asked her, would you like to hold her? And she said, yes. And she took a little Abigail in her arms. And I remember thinking, you know, that's big, big stuff for a 15-year-old. And she held her little baby niece for some time. Very, very, very precious time. And my sister's there in the hospital bed, of course. My brother-in-law's there. It was very precious that the baby that was stillborn, they were... Uh, and... Uh, both my sister and my brother-in-law said their baby. And so my sister invited me, and I did. And for about an hour, I held her. And I just couldn't help but think about how 25 years ago when she held the baby's body in her arm who was already in heaven. And I thought, you know, and you gave help 25 years ago. And he's still able to give grace and help God of hitherto is God of henceforth. 14 years ago yesterday, Jonathan went to be with the Lord. We stood by his bed and he, he couldn't live really with the injury that he had and if he had, at the emergency room up there at uh, High Point Baptist Hospital. Thank you. And she said, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. In Jonathan's life and death. And we did, and he was. <laughs> the last few days, four days ago now, it'll be three years since Brother Joe buried his mother. I Sweet mother-in-law, Miss Carol, said goodbye to her husband of 50-plus years, and my wife said goodbye to her dad. Today, two weeks ago today, the 14-year-old Isaiah Rosario, who rode our buses, got saved through our bus ministry, 14, 
wasn't feeling. We had a little knot come up on his knee. His mom said, I don't like it. The doctor said, we need to look at this more carefully. And they did. Some weeks later, Isaiah got up out of bed. And when he stood up, his leg broke. It was the year, one year anniversary of him running up and down the streets of gold in heaven. There's a land that's fairer than day. And by faith, Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. A couple of weeks, it'll be the five-year anniversary that Hannah Lambert went to be with the Lord. Three days later, it'll be the fifth anniversary that Brother William Crisco, who sat right over here, went to be with the Lord. 7.30 in the morning, William was bad, bad on drugs. And he went and he got born again, got saved, went to the Lord. He went into the jails and preached. Many, many folks got saved, helped with the bus, bus ministry some, and they, the girls came home from soul winning. We've been out, and they've been out. And said, Dad, we met a man today, and he's in the jail ministry. And I thought about that, and I could go on and on. And for your loss, for your heartache, for your disappointment, for your trial, for what you went through, for that dark night, those lonely valleys brought you thither to this place, is the God, is the God, is the God that will help you henceforth. He'll never leave us and never forsake us. Here I raise mine Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I'm come. And I hope by thy good pleasure, safely I'll arrive at home. Jesus bought me with a stranger and, uh, and took me. And he'll take me safely home. Aren't you glad that brought me safe this far? And grace will lead me home. Amen. The God that hitherto has comforted you and I will henceforth comfort us. The God that hitherto will henceforth lead us by faith. We stood in front of the church on a Sunday night. And we stood up. We had, and had no more classes. And I knew God wanted me in ministry. I knew God wanted me to pastor. We're going to, to North Carolina. We're going to start a church. Now, we, we, uh, we were concerned. We knew very little about the details. We just knew that it was time to step out by faith. We made that public declaration on a Sunday night. On Monday, we determined to put our two-week notice in at work and didn't do it. <laughs> we determined to do it on Tuesday and uh, went on Tuesday and she did and I didn't. Consolidated Freightways, I'm turning in my two-week notice. And uh, he said, you have another job? I said, yes, sir. I'm going to be a pastor in North Carolina. And then questions started coming. Well, really, what's the name? I said, well, no, right now it's not. Right now it's just two people, me and my wife. And I'll never forget it. One of my coworkers, I have no idea. And, uh, and, uh, but we, PM shift, and got off and came home. And she got off work around 4, 4.30 and picked her up after work. And we went to the Bible study that night at church. And we lived in a little basement apart. 275 bucks. 275 bucks was water. The biggest thing about it was we had no phone, no telephone. No mobile phone, no wired phone. Not like that, you know. You just The ground was right there and the wind is right there. And uh, anyway, one bedroom and a bathroom about as big as this pulpit. Literally about as big as this pulpit. And a little kitchen. But anyway, but we were happy. We were young and in love. And we were happy. Been there and gotten us a phone. Came in after the... Said, Bailey's Grove Baptist Church in Asheboro, North Carolina needs a pastor. Consider coming to Asheboro to see about being pastor of Bailey's.
Then I was all confused. I thought, man, I just surrendered to go start a church. And now that I went to my pastor, Brother House said, I know the situation. I know the church. Our notice in, we had no job to, to go back to if it didn't work out. And seven years ago. And um, I checked in at the Comfort Inn. Went the next morning, and uh, Brother Steve and Miss Rebecca met us, and we followed them to the service and got there, and I counted 41 people that day. And we went to get Chinese food on Sunday afternoon. I thought, God is in this for sure. And um, came back on Sunday night and preached again. And they had some questions for me, all the right questions. What do you own the King James Bible? What about separation? I was like, man, these are my kind of people right here. And they said, and I said, I'm going to McDonald's to drink coffee. I didn't drink coffee at the time, really. I mean, just occasionally. I didn't drink much coffee, but it just seemed like the thing to do. So I went to McDonald's and got a cup of coffee and looked at it. And about 20 minutes later, Brother Steve came back down there and he said, Pastor, come on back. And we went and they said, we voted unanimously. And I told Brother Steve, I said, Brother Steve, I'm honored. I said, let me sleep on it. It's a big decision. I don't want to make it without sleeping on it. And he called me about 6.30 or 7 the next morning. I already knew the work. And I said, yes, I have complete peace. This is what God wants us to do. We went back up and loaded up a a, a clock in the morning, Sunday morning. And uh, 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 I have to look forward to it. But anyway, but it was wonderful. Went the next morning and... Preached all day and taught Sunday school. Preached all day. There was five men in the service on Sunday night. There, of course, over there, those men came in there. Steve was among them. And I said, "Fellas, you know, nobody said anything about, uh, you know, about salary or anything like that." I said, "I just finished Bible college and then seminary too." And I said, "I said, but you know what? I really would like to do. I'd like to just launch out by." And the men said, "Well, Pastor, we don't bring enough money in for that." I said, "I'm already aware of that." I said, but God can do it. I said, God's able to provide. And I said, uh, and I don't know if you spoke, what's what we did. I said, what does it take to live in this area? And they talked, hey, what? I said, man, if you'll right now, if you'll make the decision together that uh, you'll take care of that pastor uh, salary to that amount so that I can live, then I promise you I'll go to work. I can provide. And they looked at each other and they talked among themselves for a moment. And I said, yeah, I'm, all five of them said, okay, let's do it. And you know what God did? He brought the money in the next week, amen. And he brought it in the week after, and he brought it in the week after. And he's brought it in for 27 years, amen. And he's met the needs. Can I say this, my dear friend? I don't know what faith challenge you're facing. Songs about the return of Christ next time he comes. A bunch of us are ready for him to come back, amen. I, I, I don't know when he's coming. I know I see, I, I, feel, I see the, the age in which we live and the unbelief and, and people caught up in just life, marrying and giving in marriage. Christ is very, very soon. And you say, Pastor, we're living in uncertain times and we don't know what's going to happen to our economy. We don't know what's going to happen to our jobs. We don't know what's going to happen to our nation. I know the God who's walked with us as we've held His hand by faith and as we've trusted Him to lead us and guide us for these years together as a church family is still alive today. If we can trust Him for the last 27 years, by God's grace, we can continue to trust is not a season of life. It's a way of life. The God that has provided for us will continue to provide for us. Not long after we were here, we um, just a few groceries 
in the cabinet in the refrigerator. I didn't know it, but that morning my wife had prayed for potatoes. She was craving fried potatoes. Every time I tell this story, it makes me crave fried potatoes. How many like fried potatoes a little ketchup on the side? Come on now. I feel the Lord move. Fried potatoes. And she said, Lord, would you give us some? We don't have any potatoes. We don't have any grocery money. Would you give us some flowers? And came in. And, um, and um, there's a little breezeway. A little breezeway there in the house. A little rental house there we were in. And there was a five-pound sack of potatoes. Amen. And about five grocery bags full. Amen. She was excited about the potatoes. I was digging around for the meat. Amen. The little brick house on the other side of that, uh, what we call the old auditorium now, that we had rented from the Henshaw family, eventually purchased from them. And, and all. she took care of our books for us. Started our first, <clears throat> uh, preached uh, preach junior, well, she probably did preach junior church. But started, I think, the first bus route or one of the first ones. Anyway, she's with the Lord. A lady had just come in uh, and said, can I uh, talk to the pastor? And sat across from Martin trying to give her some words of counsel and had prayer with her, and she left. And when Miss Shirley said, Pastor, can you uh, can I see you for a minute? And I stepped over across the hills. She said, Pastor, here's the bills that we have, and here's what came in yesterday. These are able to pay the bills that we have right now, do. And I said, all right, well, we'll pray about that, talk to the Lord about that. I went back across the hallway and said, and one, no, just not even, not even five minutes, just a handful of minutes, the office opened up again. The door office opened up again. And the lady came back in. She said, pardon me, Pastor. She said, I'd like to do something for the church if I could. And she laid down an envelope on my desk, and then she left. And I opened up that envelope, and I started our bills. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I picked up that envelope with $1,000 cash in it. I walked back across the hallway. Uh, can I tell you something? This ministry, this ministry is a story of a group of people living by faith, stepping out by faith, trusting God, giving of their time, of their effort. This is one, listen, I, I don't know. I know there's a lot of good church, and I mean that sincerely. There's a lot of good church in this area, but I, I, I doubt very seriously there's any church in this area that works as hard as the folks in this room right here. I know there are folks like that, but I'm talking about collectively. People say, you know, you know how churches are, 20% of people do 8% of the work. That's not true around here. That's not true around here. That doesn't hold true. Maybe as a general rule, but it doesn't hold true here. Man, I'm talking about week after week, scores and scores of people uh, 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 go out, scores and scores of soul winners and bus workers and children's workers and folks taking care of the buildings and keeping the oil changed in the vehicles and, and on and on. And, and now then, about an acre and a half or so over here and a, a little uh, a building that uh, originally would seat about 80 people or something like that now until that building is filled up and a, another auditorium is filled up with Spanish members and another children's church service is filled up and Nurseries filled up and this auditorium filled up week after week after week and 25 acres over there, nine acres over here and, and millions of dollars in property that God is helping us to be able to pay off. And oh, oh not, not completely, but we're on our way. We've got a full-time Spanish uh, 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 pastor on the staff and uh, got the men together. And Dr. Wynn, Dr. Kevin Wynn had been here and preached for us. And he stood on the front porch of the auditorium over there. He said, now, Pastor, let me tell you the next thing you need to do. He said, you've got a lot of Spanish folks in this community. You need a Spanish pastor. I said, you're right, we hope to do that one day. He said, do it by faith. Do it. The people are here, the need's here. You've got a place, a facility. I got the men together. I said, you know what the man of God told us? The man of God told us we ought to get a Spanish pastor. They said, we don't have the money for it. I said, he didn't have the money for me. When I 
you find a man, we'll take the step of faith. And God brought Brother Ricky Rosario to us those years ago. First full time. We had several. But to take a man on like that when the money wasn't there, it wasn't it. It wasn't there. It was not there. Can I say this, my dear friend, what God has done in providing for you and your family, what God has done in your life by faith is that God who's met your needs and carried you thus is still alive today. And that God who took you uh, 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 to this place, you, who hitherto has blessed your faith, is the God who henceforth will bless your faith and henceforth will comfort you and henceforth will meet the needs that you have. How He's protected of yesteryear. Building this building right here is a miracle of God. Absolutely. About 30%, about a third, I guess, maybe, maybe a little more, of these rafters. These rafters span, I don't remember exactly the total, but and, uh, they about, about to, somewhere between a third, I think, and about half of them were already up. The men went to lunch. About half hour to coming back in the building. Just the, the, the concrete, uh, the walls were up. And the rap, there was a scissor lift right here. And one of them crawled up in the scissor lift. 30 minutes before, we, did, we still don't know what happened. The rafter guy says the block guys. The block guys say the rafter guys. Like, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But those things came crashing in. And a few moments more, a few minutes at most more, His grace that brought us safe thus far. And grace will lead us home. Salvaged by the grace of God. And I got news for you, my dear friend, the God who salvaged Brother William Crisco's life. He's still in the life salvaging business. Make three statements. Number one, faith is not a season of life. God that parted the Red Sea, part of the Jordan River. The God that helped David defeat a bear and a lion helped David defeat Goliath. And the God that helped you in years past to rejoice in your trials and be patient in your tribulation. The God and live for others. The God who once gave you a passion for souls and taught you to have a generation. And from this day forward, uh, uh, hitherto, He has helped you and rejoice in our trials and be patient in tribulation and deny ourselves and live for others and have a passion for souls. Oh, listen, God hasn't failed us. Number two, faith is not for a generation it's for every generation. Faith is not just for a generation. It's for every generation. May I say this, dear young people? You, 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 you're blessed. We're all blessed. We're all blessed. We live in this country. We're blessed. Amen? We're blessed. That the truth is this. Even though you experience the comforts that your grandparents never thought they would experience and you experience abundance of provision that generations before you never imagined experiencing. But also it is true that you will have your battles and you will have to have your triumphs and you will have your spiritual wars and you must fight them. And may I say that faith is not just for your mom and dad's generation. It's not just for grandma and grandpa's generation. Faith is for your generation. When Elisha saw... His mentor Elijah taken up in a fiery chariot and the mantle fell down and that chariot disappeared out of sight. He picked up that mantle and river who just minutes before he had seen his mentor Elijah take the mantle, smite the waters and parted for him just like it parted for the Israelites. And now Elisha has the mantle. Elijah, the man of God, is gone. And Elisha has is the Lord God of Elijah. And Elisha, successor to Elijah, invokes uh, the God of Elijah as his own God, and he smites the water. And guess what? The God who parted it for Elijah, parted it for Elisha. 
Let me tell you something. My, I admire the faith of my mom and dad. And I lift him up as uh, the house of seven years. And Dr. Bob Settle, who was my pastor in my youth when I was saved, I admire the faith of Dr. Curtis Hudson and John R. Rice and, and, and R.G. Lee and G.B. Vick and Billy Sunday and, and Savonarola and, and C.T. Studd and on and on. I admire their faith and I read their writings and I'm inspired by their faith in God. But I got news for you. The God of R.A. Torrey is still alive today. The God of Billy Sunday still alive today. Billy Sunday was, was a drunk and he was on the corner of State, uh, on State Street there in, in downtown Chicago uh, strumming an instrument and the little group was singing and all of a sudden this old drunk sitting there with his, with his, with his uh, baseball spirit drew him back to the faith of his mother that, he, mother that he had run for for all those years and said we've come to a parting of the ways those are the songs I heard as a boy and I know God had followed them down the Pacific Garden Mission where he got born again that night he said no I've got to tell others what God has done for me. And he preached the gospel for his life. Billy Sunday's God is still alive. Can I tell you something? You're going to have your, your tests, young people. You're going to fight. Stephen Ambrose, famous historian, in the flyleaf of his book, D-Day, wrote these words. It is the young men born into the false prosperity of the 1920s and brought up in the bitter realities of the depression of the 1930s that this book is about. The literature they read as youngsters was anti-war and cynical, portraying patriots as suckers, slackers, and heroes. None of them wanted to be a part of another war. They wanted to be throwing baseballs, not hand grenades, shooting twenty-twos at rabbits, not M1s at other young men. But when the test had to be fought for or abandoned, they fought. Tom Book, the greatest generation, that World War II family, if you will, say in the spiritual realm, just like characters forged in the fire of war for a generation who stayed together for years and years and kept the same jobs for years and years and literally built America in the spiritual realm. You young people will have your battles and you will fight and character is forged in the battle. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. said the test of a man's character is what it takes to stop him. And if God needed a warrior today, I asked you young man, young lady, could he put you in the hottest part of the battle? If another lad was needed today uh, to slay a giant, could you say there's a cause and could you give yourself to it? If, if another Esther was needed today to stand against a wicked Haman and say if I perish I perish are you willing to stand if another Job was needed to be the title of a book on suffering could you say with Job in your suffering the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away blessed be the name of the Lord though he slay me yet will I trust in him shall we receive good and knoweth the way that I take and when I am tried I shall come forth as gold how could you say as Job I still trust my Lord. Faith isn't just for one generation. It's for every generation. And may I say lastly, the God of the past is the God of the future. And the best is yet to come. His arm is not weak. His ear is not heavy. Daniel's God is still able to shut the mouths of lions. And David's God is still able to fail giants. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God is still able to walk with his own in the fire. And the God who walks on the waves is still able to grasp the hand of the one about to go under. 
Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I'm come. And I hope by the heads of our eyes are closed.